0: And welcome, once again, to episode number 50 of Artificial Turf Wars, where we only ask for two minutes of your time, over and over and over and over again. <laughs> I'm I'm your host, <laughs> Greg Wisniewski, and I am joined tonight by Joshua Howsam. Josh, how you doing? I'm good. You? Uh, I'm doing good. We are just like uh, that survey at the end of uh, a fast food restaurant's receipt. Just, just a couple minutes of your time... <laughs> <laughs> over and over and over again 25 um,
1: times in fact
0: uh yeah so that is the big deal this is our yearly break from from our regular format to give you 25 men on the roster in 50 minutes so we're going to get down to the rundown of everybody who is most likely and we'll get to the one exception there be a blue jay on opening day uh and uh i will let you i will let you lead off so to speak we're going to start with the position players move to the pitching and uh, and go from there so josh who do you have in two minutes
1: okay the backup catcher we start big here
0: (laughs) (laughs) you gotta get everybody
1: Oh, yeah. Jared Saltilamaki the a switch-hitting 31-year-old, 6 foot four, two 235 pounds. That's actually, I think, a reasonable listing. I stood next to the guy, and that it's rare that they actually do that right. It's um, just a series
0: of random numbers normally.
1: Yeah, well, especially with, like, Deion DeAndre- Rivera, 205 pounds. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like he's better than Josh Toley. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a low bar to clear, but, I mean, it's a real backup for the first time in, I guess, four years and you know for the next guy we talk about i think that's going to be huge because salty can play you know against a tough righty because he can hit righties pretty well he's a sort of chitter and or if you know if martin needs a day they can put him in there and not be like oh crap we're stuck with david price against a left-handed batting totally again
0: mm-hmm. so we have the the downside of salty is uh that he stunk last year absolutely stunk the upside yeah. is that's the first year in his career he's completely stunk. Um he was he batted one seventy one, two eighty four, three forty six for a six thirty OPS with Detroit. Which is just even for a backup catcher, is it's questionable at best. Uh so you don't want to see that again. Um But on the flip side, uh he does have the longest last name ever in major league history. So that's pretty cool.
1: It's important stat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? His OPS in April last year, 927. It's like, oh God, what happened for the rest of the year?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good. So that means that 630 is actually an inflated number if you consider how he finished the season. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Uncle Salty, do us proud. Uh, get get Russell Martin off his feet 35, 40 times this year. Fair?
1: Yeah. I think Fair. that's all he needs.
0: All right. So th- speaking of, it is Russell Martin is. Number two, lucky number one catcher um 5'10", 205 pounds thirty four years old still the largest free agent signing in blue jay's history by dollar amount uh and well we need Russell to be better than last year i th- I think ideally I mean, his ops again if you just a quick thumbnail was was uh seven thirty three um he did hit 20 home runs in 2016 which is pretty cool. Uh, It's what you want to see, but he didn't really throw a lot of runners out. Uh, His game-calling still appears to be top-notch. He got a lot out of that pitching staff that's starting rotation. His pitch framing, which is something that people keep looking at and looking at different ways, um, he very much does, uh, does the job behind the dish that way. So you're just looking for something... More like his last year with Pittsburgh, if if you could get it out of him, you know, but he is getting older. Uh, maybe those those few extra games where they can they can really time his days off better. Uh, if it coincides with, you know, a pull or a strain or, or something like that will work out better uh, so that he can get back on the field in better shape.
1: I think that's the most important, too. I mean, last year, his strikeout rate was a career high. His throwing out rate was a career low. And but he had neck problem, leg problem. He couldn't even. Turn his body properly in the playoffs. So if he just stays healthy with that rest, I think it could be huge.
0: Yeah, keeping in mind that catchers are rarely ever one hundred percent healthy. So we're not asking Healthier. for a miracle. Yeah, <laughs> healthy-ish. Uh, plus, he's Canadian, which is uh, his fun fact. I don't think I'm going to have a fun fact for all twenty five guys. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I may not have done enough research. Uh, so you, you can fire up with our next fellow.
1: All right, I'm playing with the backups here. Yes,
0: yes. Stupid alphabetical (laughs) order. Uh, (laughs) It's not
1: even. Is it alphabetical? Alphabetical by position
0: bracket. So to see what infielder's now. Yeah, Darwin Barney,
1: (laughs) the 31-year-old utility infielder, 5'10, 180 pounds. I think that one might be a little high, but uh, yeah, he's. The better version of Ryan Goins, I guess. Uh, Greg actually wrote a really interesting piece on this, and it should be going. Well, thank you. You should go read it about why Ryan Goins should not be on the team. It's basically Darren Barney. <laughs> <You> know, he's, <laughs> he's a very good fielder. He can play second, third, short. I mean, you're never going to put him up first, but you don't need to. And he can hit without killing you. He's not a good hitter, but he's not an awful hitter. And, you know, for a backup midfielder, that's pretty good, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's precisely why he's a backup. You need the versatility and you need to know that he's not going to be a complete vacuous black hole when he comes up to the plate. Uh, It probably would be better for Barney if he was left-handed. He bats right. If he was a left-handed backup infielder, I I think he'd actually probably get a little more cash because he's not, you know, like you said, he's not good. But if he offered a little more platoon advantage, he might, uh, he might've, piqued the interest of, of a couple more teams. And, I mean, obviously, I just found out he was still on the team when? Two weeks ago? Three? <laughs> so he's doing pretty good for a guy who just made the team, quote-unquote. Yeah, uh, sure. But, <laughs> better than Ryan Goins by pretty much every measure. So, yeah, yeah pretty straightforward. Uh, and, you know, not too old to, to worry about too much regression or anything else. So you sort of know what you're getting, which is the other part that you you're, you're concerned about with a backup infielder is how consistent yeah, exactly. he's been alright uh, who do I get what what scrub do I get here oh Josh Donaldson <laughs> who made this list <laughs> <laughs> you made this list for the record <laughs> I did say you go first but I, I, I gotta confess I hadn't scouted it out uh, sure he bats right he throws right he's 6 foot 1 and 210 pounds I don't think Josh Donaldson's 210 pounds I would think he's a little heavier a little beefier um, he's
1: not a huge guy
0: Uh, same age as darwin (laughs) the talent level is a little different as i understand it um you know it's not very often you have a player on a team who you can who plays a premium position and you can say expect an mvp like season out of x uh because a lot of the mvps are are, you know mvp candidates are first baseman which is it's great to have a great first baseman but josh donaldson i can say that with some confidence Expect an MVP caliber season out of Josh Donaldson. The defensive metrics are kind of up and down on him. I've I've never really seen him screw anything up at third base. Like he, he had a know. little bit
1: of problem last year with those balls just to his left. But I mean, he, he's never had a problem with those before, so I think it was just kind of a fluky thing.
0: But I think that's a problem with with the defensive metrics, which we've I mean we've talked about before. Is if you have three times out of a hundred that you screw something up or you hesitate on on one play that can screw up a whole season's worth of defensive numbers it seems um because maybe you you know you just haven't had the ball that many times whereas if you strike out three times well it's, it's out of 600 times it never shows up in the numbers um yeah yeah high on base cool. hits for power well, th- go ahead
1: and you know, that's the big one that last year he just Spiked his walk rate. It's like, meh, you know what? I think I'm going to become better
0: after winning the
1: MVP. <laughs> you know, four, 400 on base for the first time in his career. Oh, what a superstar.
0: Yeah, totally. And now you get to talk about someone else.
1: <laughs> hey, yeah, at least this guy should be a starter. <laughs> Steve Pierce, the new guy. 5'11, 200 pounds, and he's turning 34 in April. He plays everywhere first, second, third, left, right. He's not going to play in short. He's not going to play center and he won't catch, but that's probably the list. He's good. Um, You know, Steve Pierce is a good hitter. And then, you know, considering the struggles this team had last year on offense, that's pretty important. And his versatility is going to be really valuable given the black hole in left and that Justin smoke is the first baseman. The only issue with Pierce is that he has trouble staying healthy. Uh, He's, Never played more than 102 games, and he's only played more than 90 games once, twice. But on the good side, the high performance department is apparently doing wonders with him. Totally changed his off season approach, so there's hope that he could maybe get to 400, 450 plate appearances. Which, given his ability to crush lefties, that's pretty valuable.
0: Do you think maybe nobody told Steve that it was a 162 game season? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just that, maybe- someone overlooked that critical. Critical point. Oh, by the way, um, yeah, back in 2014 with Baltimore, he was a monster. He he, he yeah. OPS nine thirty. His OPS plus was 157. So those are, yeah, those was are like he was
1: a five win player by by War
0: that year. Yeah, so th- th- those are insane numbers. We're Six by Baseball Reference. <laughs> We're not expecting that. Uh, remember, yeah, it's it's very tough to be a five win player in 383 plate appearances. That kind of translates out to superstar status. Uh, we don't expect that, uh, though. I I do hope to be, you know, talking, using my same stupid Pierce joke over and over again because he has so many clutch hits this season. I think that's what I'm <laughs> hoping for most. Oh, my goodness. So I, I get a, a kick at it. Uh, ain't, well, technically, this is the starter, isn't it, Justin Smoke? <laughs> sort of. Switch hitter. There's my air quotes. Did you see them? Um, uh, no. throws left six four, two 220 pounds he's 30 years old he is also the subject of i guess you know much derision amongst those of us who have looked at this roster over and over and over again and are wondering how he can be considered for a regular first base job and how he was extended a, a multi-year contract for we're still not sure 100 percent what reason but they obviously saw something in him um, he's been talking this spring about focusing on on good contact as opposed to trying to be the hero, which is something a lot of guys say. But th- there's other things that you don't necessarily want to look at, like his incredibly high strikeout rate. Yeah, struck out 112 well, times in 341 plate appearances last year.
1: Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> no, first. That was worse than before. But yikes! <laughs> <laughs> All that great batted ball data that he has—it doesn't help if you don't actually hit the
0: ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hits the ball hard. I, we cannot dispute that. It's the—it's actually hitting the ball that becomes. Do you remember the beginning of last season? How many plate appearances he went? Wasn't it twenty-five plate appearances where he didn't put the ball in play in fair territory?
1: Yeah, it was either a home run, a strikeout, or a walk.
0: <laughs> it was the weirdest thing.
1: No, no, uh, it wasn't. It, his babip was a thousand. That's what it was.
0: Yeah. Yeah, every zero. It, I, it was crazy like, whatever
1: it was it was nuts.
0: I thought the it was I don't know, it was weird. It just it didn't make any sense and uh, it kind of set the tone for the rest of the season not not really being anything that you would typically want to see out of your first baseman. Which means we get to move on
1: uh, to one guy that I think is arguably, well no, not the most but one of the most in players, important players on this roster. The tiniest, well, hitter. <laughs> Devin Travis, 5'9", 190 pounds, 26 years old. He's gotten this label as injury prone because, well, he's missed a lot of games. In in his two-season career, he's played the equivalent of one season, 163 games. But his injuries, the first one was because of a genetic disorder, which they fixed with surgery. And the second one was just a bone bruise. I mean, these are kind of fluky things. It's not like... Troy T. Lewicki, for the early part of his career, had leg problems every single year. Yet this is just two fluke injuries. So, if he stays healthy, which I think there's a good chance of, he's going to be the leadoff here this team hasn't had for a couple years. You know, he's got a 301 career batting average. And, you know, after all his time off, he comes back, spring training. Oh, he's only hitting 538 in the first <laughs> week back. So, I don't think he missed a beat.
0: Uh,. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right that he's super important because as much as we said Darwin Barney's an acceptable backup, you're really looking at the drop from Devon Travis to Darwin Barney and you're looking at exactly that the loss of the the, the top of the, the very top of the lineup if Devon Travis struggles and or is injured. I he has not struggled when healthy, to be absolutely clear about that. He yeah. puts the bat on the ball when he needs to. That's never been the problem, which is actually quite amazing for, you know, a 26 year old kid who's really only got one position to play. It's not like he can play short for a week. He doesn't have the arm to do it uh, and maybe not the range to do it. So he's really made the most out of that bat.
1: And especially, I mean, the defensive metrics actually think he's okay. He had that one stretch last year where he made like 900 <laughs> errors in five <laughs> games. <laughs> but for the most part, he's been, been a pretty decent second baseman. And he's getting better. And he's working on it more. I, it's just he's a very, very good player as long as he can stay on the field. So
0: please stay on the field. All right. We're going to move to his uh, his keystone partner, Troy Tulowitzki. Six foot three, 205 pounds, 32 years of age, tied up in a big long term contract that the Rockies made him their franchise player and then traded him away a couple of years later uh, because they have a bunch <laughs> of other franchise players. I don't know. Uh, the Rockies? <laughs> story or an auto? Um, it's
1: because they're the Rockies, is the answer.
0: Yeah. So Tulo is, is looking to be. Obviously, the everyday shortstop looking to be, planning to be healthy. You know, the, 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 those problems seem to be behind him. But if you look at the last, like, two years overall, he has, I believe, almost exactly a 100 OPS. He's literally a league average hitter, which is fine at OPS shortstop. OPS plus. OPS plus, sorry, not 100 OPS. <laughs> OPS plus. So he's he's exactly a league average hitter. Um, Not what you expected when you traded for Troy Tulowitzki. Because it always, I mean, he was a perennial MVP candidate in the NL. And that's, we're not talking about course field effect. He he really was that good. So I don't know, I don't know what happens to Tulo. If he's average again, that's not bad. But there's always the potential that he suddenly gets good again.
1: Yeah. So when I was on Effectively Wild, they asked me the same questions. Like, what do you think he is? It's like, he he gets that good when healthy. Because like last year, for example, when he came back from Injury, He was much better than a league average hitter, but there's only something like some nagging thing. You know, it's, he still only played 128 games and 130 games the last two seasons. So, I mean, like you said, like it, there's always that hope, but at minimum, he's still a very good player because of his defense.
0: Indeed. And that's about all we have time to say about Troy Tulowitzki. It seems a shame with some of these guys that we only have two minutes, but that's just that's what we decided, right? <laughs> and that we
1: also have two minutes for Justin Smoke. Okay, uh, so <laughs> moving on.
0: The most arbitrary season preview in history. Yeah. Uh,
1: all right, the King, Jose Bautista, the Goat.
0: <laughs> it's almost like he never left.
1: Yeah, technically he didn't. <laughs> Six feet, 205 pounds, 36 years old, goat.
0: That, I can't, that's it's the greatest of all time for those of you who think we're somehow insulting
1: him. <laughs> <laughs> What's there to say? I mean, he's the greatest player that's ever played in this team, probably. he's, in, I mean, if, he's, not, he's if he's not the greatest, he's among the greatest. And, you know, last year he was a really hurt, you know, banged up, and he still put up. 800 ops with a 360 on base percentage. I think he's going to have a very big season. Like uh, yeah. No, maybe not what he was the previous two years hitting 40 bombs and you know, on base percentage up near 400, but I think he's going to be 30 35 home runs and 370 375 on
0: base. I I think Jose Bautista can get back to that 400 on base percentage. I think that a, focused Jose Bautista is absolutely that's absolutely within his realm still I don't know if the power and the bat speed are going to be there because he looked good early spring and he had nagging injury it's like well nagging injuries don't just happen in the spring and and those are the kind of things that I think sap a 38 six year old uh, 38 36 year olds bat speed was um, oh,
1: just a stick neck I mean that's not going to hurt your bat speed
0: well are you sure yes how stiff is it can you turn your head all the way towards the pitcher
1: Okay, yeah, but then you take two days off and then your neck is fine <laughs> what <laughs> happened
0: all righty uh we'll leave him there because uh oh wow now i'm onto the superstar outfielders ezekiel <laughs> carrera is he really like do we call him do we call melvin upton the starting left fielder or do we call zeke the starting left fielder do we and call neither of them the starting left fielder? <laughs> uh, he obviously bats and throws left. Uh, he's 5'11", 185 pounds. He does not know how long his arms are. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, I think you know what you've got in Ezekiel Carrera, but you probably don't want it for 100 games, which is potentially oh, yeah. what you're going to see it for with the way things are lined up, unless Steve Pierce uh, does get all that time in the outfield. Uh, you have a, a light-hitting um, left fielder with, with a lot of speed, uh, not the greatest instincts, I would have to say, um, and certainly not a lot of you know exceptional patience at the plate or anything else like that. Uh, it's fun when he hits a home run because it's so unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what but a hero,
1: oddly, because that's what happens in the postseason. Mm-hmm. No business being on this roster. Except he's a left-handed rep- batter who can't hit right-handed pitching. And, and he's worse <laughs> against lefties than the other guy. So why is he here? He's not a good base runner, despite nope. being super fast. And he's not a good outfielder.
0: Also not by being super fast.
1: <laughs> yeah. He got better. Now, in fairness, he was a better outfielder last year than he was the year before because he measured his arms. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> ask he's questions. just not very good. And I don't get... What metrics or analytics that the team seems to have that makes him think he can be good because he's not? And it's not like he's 24 or 25, and like, oh, we see this thing. He's you know, he's 29.
0: It's the Justin Smokeitis, whatever that problem is with his uh with management. All right, you can move on from, from Zeke.
1: To Gideon Turk's favorite player, <laughs> Kevin Pilar, six foot two hundred five pounds center fielder. So, we all know Kevin Pillar, like his calling card is the defense. All the diving catches, the great plays. He is legitimately other than Kevin great. Yeah, exactly. Other than Kiermaier, probably the best in the league. This is an interesting thing. that All spring, for some reason, he's decided, finally, maybe I should take <laughs> some pitches. And it's working. He's actually doing it. But, uh, and Gideon spoke to pitches. him about this. Stop interrupting. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Gideon (laughs) spoke about this and you should go read it because it's actually really interesting it's like all of a sudden I'm doing it
0: can I interrupt yet
1: (laughs) it's hard to interrupt when I'm finished
0: (laughs) so how like I don't even know mentally how that works because he's obviously he's not taking strikes so he has some sense of where the strike zone is (laughs) so why why is he twenty eight years old, three years into the league, and like, man, I probably shouldn't be giving the pitchers free pitch, free strikes. I should, I should switch to something else. I don't, uh, I don't understand the timing. It doesn't make sense.
1: Like, why was this not always happening? <laughs>
0: uh, and and two hitting coaches earlier, why could no one convince you of it? But I guess Kevin Pillar uh Gideon is saying seven win player that's all good fun I would I would love to see that happen um he is going to have to cover up for a limited range Jose Bautista and a I'm not sure what on his other side
1: well the guy that you're about to get to I think could make that a lot easier
0: indeed so we'll get to him right now Melvin Upton Jr. who I will call by the wrong Upton name several times this season and it's nothing personal uh so yeah, Melvin is part of some sort of magic platoon triangle out in left field. <laughs> he basically costs the Jays nothing because his freight is being paid by... Why well, is it still being... Who is it being San paid Diego, by Diego, yeah. yeah, just San Diego? Okay. There's someone else who is being paid by two teams. Well,
1: Atlanta's ago. probably paying some of it too.
0: Yeah. that's. <laughs> Melvin <laughs> Upton is here because he's cheap and he can... He can cover a lot of ground and, and play center field uh, in in any... I won't even call it an emergency. In, in any anything that happens to Kevin Bellar where he's not ready to play center field, Melvin can certainly cover it. He's done it in, in in the past without any difficulty. So that's good. Uh, He strikes out looking a lot. That's what I observed last year. That's just anecdotal.
1: Which is so crazy. It's like this guy strikes out looking all the time, but he also swings through 90 mile an hour fastballs down the pipe. <laughs> it's like, how? How are you missing that pitch? <laughs> So but uh, yeah. that's who he is. Uh, by the way, you're you're forgiven for the the BJ thing because both Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro were recently on the radio, and they both called him BJ Upton.
0: Yes, I just gotta stop <laughs> calling him Justin, and I'm okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that one you got no excuse. <sighs>
1: uh, but I, uh. what I was what I was getting at before, if he's in left, they can shift. Pilar over towards right field and really make up some of that gap to ease the burden on Bautista because Upton is a very good defensive left fielder. And so I think that that's what they should do.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, of course, it might be Steve Pierce out there. So. Yeah.
1: Well, when is Steve Pierce in left and Kevin, Jose Bautista <laughs> in right, Kevin Pilar is going to have to get put a lot of work in.
0: All righty. So we're going to get uh, out of the actual field, remarkably, and we're going to go to. The guy who doesn't have to worry about any of that too often.
1: Yeah, we hope. Uh, <laughs> Kendris Morales. I got the, the new guys. And Bautista, who's sort of new. Uh, switch hitter, 6'1", 225. Yeah, I don't believe that one either. <laughs> <laughs> 33 years old. Uh, he can hit. Kendris Morales is... I think he's a really good pickup if you're going to not have Edwin Encarnacion back. He hits the ball very hard. He's never played in an actual non-pitchers park before so his power should be really good and he's a switch hitter with no real platoon splits last year he hit lefties worse than righties the year before that it was the other way around or actually i had that backwards but he's a really good middle of the order bat who just he cannot run and he cannot field
0: so we do have a fun fact about kendra's which isn't fun at all <laughs> I don't I, I I'm sure some people remember this and I, they're going to be like that's not that's not a fact at all but Kendris Morales broke his ankle rather severely and missed almost an I believe an entire year plus a bit uh yeah having, almost 2 years. He broke it celebrating a walk-off home run by jumping onto home plate. <laughs> walk-off grand slam. Yeah. So I mean he he ended on a high note, I guess in, in a sense. <laughs> he almost ended his entire career on a high note. So if he is not enthusiastic after a home run, <laughs> don't think anybody's gotten to him. He just knows how badly that can go. Uh, I actually, when he played with, he was a free agent prior, and I thought he would be a great pickup for the Jays like four years ago, and he went off and signed, this before even Kansas City, signed a different contract. And I was like, dang. The I, twins? I, yeah, I think so. I was like, Kendris Morales, it would have been really cool here. So now I got my wish. Only he's uh, now thirty three, which wasn't exactly what I had in mind.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, the twenty nine year old version is a little more appealing. Exactly,
0: <laughs> still good. Um, so we're we're into the pitchers. We're into the starting rotation. Marco Estrada. Uh, oh. Wow, that's sad that you didn't didn't get to lead off. I'll keep this short. He's he's right handed. <laughs> he bats right occasionally when they force him to in the National League. Six foot, two hundred pounds. Uh, thirty three years old. Also uh in his last season of a two-year contract and marco has been nothing short of fantastic for a man who could not tie his own shoelaces last year (laughs) you could take it from here
1: oh man that was crazy (laughs) i I remember that cleveland start where he was throwing like 83 miles an hour and game like change up he's like no that was
0: fastball (laughs) i hurt during those starts just watching
1: yeah it's amazing that he was able to do what he did last year he had that one brief stretch where he was bad in august I believe it was but I mean this is he he set the record for i think what was it was a consecutive games with six innings pitched and five or fewer hits allowed which is you know not much of a stat but he set the record <laughs> this that, guy who couldn't throw harder than 87 miles an hour last year because of his extreme spin fastball which is just it's kind of cool to see a guy just do something totally different from anybody who has
0: ever done it And Matt Gwynn's article, uh, you know, coming to terms with the fact that it really is that much of an outlier and you just have to, you have to really absorb how much, how real the outlier is and why it's there is another good read. That's, uh, I don't think we often promote two pieces on BP Toronto in one podcast, but we've done it now. Um, good press. Yeah. I, I think think Mark was was... actually three now. (laughs) I think Marco is really lined up for another, uh, an even a better season, if that's possible, because he does appear to not have the ridiculous back pain that he had last year, from all accounts so far. Yeah, he uh, hit ninety-one. There you go, and that takes us to another guy who has a rather unorthodox way of accomplishing what he accomplishes.
1: Yeah, so Jay Happ, the tall six-foot-five lefty, two hundred five pounds. He's you're older than Marco Estrada, but also not a pending free agent. Like Estrada, he does something a little unusual. It's the Jays seem to collect these guys. You know, Estrada, his two-seam and his four-seam fastball have five inches of vertical difference break between them. I think I've talked about this before, but I think it's worth mentioning again. That means that his four-seam fastball and his two-seam, on their own, mediocre pitches. But when you put them together, they both play way up because of the same speed but move so differently. And that's how he was able to do what he did last year, get like 30 double plays but also get a ton of pop-ups.
0: And, and literally, if you don't know what's coming, you can't hit it. <laughs> and unlike and that, a curveball that you maybe as a hitter can see a hump, if two fastballs are radically different, uh, they don't look radically different until it's too late to make that adjustment. It, that's that's yeah. the belief anyway. Seems to work. And
1: I talk, yeah, and I talked to Martin about this. And he's just basically like, yeah, and it helps that he can spot him. You know, he can get that four-seamer up and into the righties and then sink the two-seamer down and away. And it's just, if he can cover those quadrants with that difference in movement, that's really tough to hit.
0: They say that lefties mature late, and I think J. Happ is a really good example of that. Sort of mm-hmm. really harnessing what he does have, you know, later than uh, than a lot of guys do in their career. Eh, wow, we got, we, I bought you 30 seconds there talking about him. We're, we're ahead of the game to go to talk to, uh... Oh, Marcus Strowman, who really is the shortest guy on the team. Has anybody ever yeah. stood him and Devin Travis side by side? Just to see. I don't know.
1: Would, would people be able to see them or they just see the skyline?
0: <laughs> <laughs> this picture is all air. Uh, <laughs> that's not very nice at all. <laughs> uh, Strowman is very good at self-promotion. Uh, he's also potentially very, very good at throwing a baseball, um, even more so than we've seen. That's that's what we've obviously we've been led to believe, and at 25 years old, you can still say that a guy like we said, hasn't matured, or hasn't understood his arsenal, or hasn't, you know developed his uh, control you know, he can can throw strikes, but can he throw them exactly where he wants them, does he know what kind of pitch sequences he wants to use, it looked like as we mentioned before, at the end of last year he had a very good idea of, of how to use his repertoire, which is huge got like six different pitches that are all you know, some guys struggle to find a third pitch. That's not Marcus Stroman's problem. I think his no. problem is is when to throw what uh, without, you know, getting getting into a pattern or getting oversimplifying things. But we shall see.
1: Yeah. And so when we were just talking about Jay Happ, you mentioned it's like when you got two fastballs that look the same. That's really tough. He's got three of them. Among people who threw 200 or more of each of them, there's only one pitcher in baseball who has six or more inches of, of break between his fastball, his sinker, and his cutter. And it's Marcus Stroman.
0: Ding, ding.
1: So they're all about the same speed. He releases them from the same spot. But they cover, if he—if they come out of the exact same spot, the where they end up, 20.7 square inches apart overall. The triangle. Like, that's that's really hard. He could just throw those three pitches over and over and over again, and he'd be really tough to hit. But he just fell in love with his sinker, and he got hit.
0: Well, yeah, because, uh, the, you know, you get in that, oh, well, I got to get this because I got to gotta get out of the uh, at-bat. Got to get an out. My sinker's good for ground balls. Uh, nah, only when they're on top of it, not when they square it up. All yeah. right. Next. Francisco.
1: Francisco Liriano. I think this is going to be the new... Like whenever Drew Hutchinson's mentioned up, up, (laughs) mentioned, (laughs) it's going to be for Francisco Liriano and two prospects, 6'2", 225. He he looks bigger than that, but I don't know. He's probably not. Absolute steal getting this guy for Drew Hutchinson. He's a he's a pending free agent as well, like Estrada, which you mentioned. He is a strikeout king for his career he's averaged over a strikeout per inning in the spring he's got almost two strikeouts per inning and you know last year he was bad but it was kind of an outlier the previous three years in pittsburgh he had a 3.26 era so if they get anything close to that that's an unbelievable fourth or fifth starter
0: oh yeah yeah i'm (laughs) Yeah, there's this all there is a debate about starting rotation depth and the, you know, well, what about you after your first five guys? Sometimes though it's like, Well, after your first three guys, you're your two guys who are your major league starters, they're not very good. Like, you know they're gonna give you two hundred innings or, or hopefully two hundred innings, but but that doesn't mean that they're the quality of those innings is that high. Lariano seems poised to give us a bunch of quality innings in the quote unquote, like you said, number four or maybe number five slot, depending how you do it. Uh, we can get to that about Sanchez, I guess, that number five slot here is really kind of a just a yeah, name just, only <laughs> yeah it doesn't really um yeah the, the problem was walks and it's always been a bit of an Achilles heel for him but that cleaned itself up for whatever reason once he got to the Blue Jays so
1: uh, yeah, I mean, last that was year the it aberration was, yeah I mean it was an outlier too I mean he's always had walk problems but last year with Pittsburgh is 5.5 walks per nine which that was a career worst and then, you know, he comes back, he, he leaves, and all of a sudden it's stabilized, actually, with, to a career best, which isn't sustainable. But if he's <laughs> oh, just regression. what he was, yeah, just he's <laughs> been the previous three years, that's a great pitcher. And just before we finish off, fun fact, he's 21 starts away from being having the most career starts for a pitcher who has never thrown 200 innings in a season. <laughs> so Amazing. he's either going to break that record or he's going to fall off the record book at all because he'll finally throw 200 innings.
0: Uh, Aaron Sanchez, has we've eaten into his time, which is a shame because he's Aaron Sanchez and he uh, led the American League in ERA last year and it didn't look like a fluke when he did it. No. Because basically with two pitches on any given night, and it wasn't always the same two, don't get me wrong, sometimes it was the curveball, other times it was the changeup, he made some of the best lineups in baseball look absolutely overwhelmed um, with a killer sinker that even though they knew that was primarily what was coming, didn't matter, couldn't hit it. And when they started to hit it a little bit, he would mix up one one other pitch, sometimes two, uh, and could usually get himself back on track. There, there was a lot, of, a lot to like about Aaron Sanchez last year, uh, and he managed to, you know, his arm didn't explode magically in the middle of the season because he hit a certain number of innings limit. So we're not going to be talking about that, hopefully, all season this year.
1: Yeah. I mean that—that's going to be the big one. I think he's just finally let loose. There's no sending him down for five days just so we can skip a start. You know, I think he's probably the expectations might be getting a bit too high because he was—he led the league in the ERA last year. So some (laughs) regression can be expected. It's hard to top that, but he's awesome. He's only 24. You know, he's just building up his stuff. I mean, if he can harness the changeup, which he's been working on all spring, he's going to be deadly.
0: Yeah, we, we like him. Number you, five starter. <laughs> yeah, and he's starting fifth, uh, mostly because he has a blister, I think, and they're trying to let it heal for an extra couple of days before he lets her rip. Uh, Joe Biagini. I am, uh, he was a Rule hey, 5 th- pick last year. I don't think you ever expect the Rule 5 pick to be in next year's opening day roster discussion. Um, so six foot five,
1: Taking uh, my turn, man.
0: Is it your turn? You didn't, oh I'm sorry go ahead got, <laughs> go ahead just it. switch it up six foot five 240 pounds just 26 years old a weirdo <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, <yeah. laughs> did not get converted to the starting rotation as everyone was expecting or stretched out i guess they looked at the five that they had and everybody was healthy and they said Meh, we need we need a, a more consistency in the bullpen um i Yeah, he was more than good enough last year to cover that seventh inning off. He got put in a lot of high-pressure situations, and after that one time when he wild-pitched in the winning run, uh, things worked out pretty well for him. Yeah, he's had a
1: bit of rough spring, but it's spring training, and it doesn't matter too much. He's got the stuff. I mean, he's got four or five, depending on how you look at it, major league-caliber pitches, which you don't see out of the pen very much. So... I'm hoping, and I think you're hoping that even though they didn't start him that they'll use him every now and then for two innings in a in a start in an outing as opposed to just you know go through your inning and hand it over to Jason Grilly or whomever
0: because mm-hmm. you you would think his platoon splits would be much more favorable than Grilly's, given the you know maybe he need you know an inning and a third or two innings,
1: yeah, so
0: all right, Well, uh, do you want a piece yeah, I'll move on oh, for sure to Jason Grilly, <laughs> hey, I remember him.
1: Yeah, same size as Genie, give or take five pounds. <laughs> and he's the elder statesman on this roster because Indeed. Ari dickey has gone.
0: Uh, I would like to just quickly, old. quickly, fun fact: Ari Dicky, the oldest person on the Blue Jays, left the Blue Jays, signed a free agent contract. Not only is he not the oldest person on his team, he's not even <laughs> the oldest person in his own starting rotation anymore. It <laughs> feels well, like
1: the youngest team pitching staff in baseball goes and gets him and Bartolo Colon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just weird. Anyway.
1: Uh, sorry, tell me, Jason. <laughs> yes.
0: uh, tell me more.
1: <laughs> you know, Grilli has been a really good reliever for a few years. You know, he's got the big slider, which gets a lot of strikeouts. He throws 93, 94. He used to throw a little harder, but that's still plenty hard enough. He just shouldn't face lefties. I mean, the, he dominates righties with that slider, but he struggles to throw strikes to lefties because he doesn't like coming inside with his fastball. Because, you know, 93, 94 to a lefty pretty straight it'll get hit so as long as he's used properly i think he can be a really valuable piece
0: yeah but handing him the eighth inning just because he's the guy who gets really fired up at the end of the eighth inning let's not do that (laughs) that sound was a very good summation of how (laughs) how it would feel that's my specialty around here weird weird sound effects um (laughs) Yeah, and, uh, you know, you can get your Fire Up the Grilly shirt and or hand towel or whatever it is on that special day. Hopefully apron. he's uh, Apron, yes. Fire Up the Grilly apron. Like, how did I forget that? Um, and hopefully that will be wholly justified by the time that, that date of the season rolls around. Yeah. Uh, another new face, J.P. Howell, uh, that we... It left-handed, uh, six foot, 180 pounds, turning 34 this month, coming up. Um... Howell will not blow your doors off. Uh, He is more of a ground ball pitcher, uh, but he has been a very good, consistent reliever last few years. He was a cheap pickup for the Blue Jays with $3 million or something. Yep. Anytime you get a guy who can give you 60-ish major league quality innings uh, for $3 million and be left-handed... Uh, in a team that really did not have a left-handed reliever for, like, 80% of last year, uh, go for it. Uh, oh, man, I'm such a mess. <laughs> I mean, it looked like the Jays had a left-handed reliever. Like, there was someone who would get up and warm up and would throw with their left hand, but, like, Aaron Loop, who hit more guys, I I would have been afraid to stand in against Aaron Loop uh, if I was left-handed.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then Cecil was hurt, and then ba- bad, and then hurt, and then good. Uh, yeah, but how <laughs> we talked about this when they signed him. Had a rough year last year, a little bit fluky, but he has been very good for the previous four years, almost as good as Brett Cecil. So potentially a really useful pickup for, like you said, three million bucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean he's not he's not going to blow your doors off with the curveball like Cecil. He's he's not going to have this crazy crossfire delivery like Loop when he was really good. Don't.
1: And he'll throw really slow, yeah. but he gets the job done.
0: Yeah, that's that's the critical bit. All right. Uh, that means it's you for Aaron Loop who we just said <laughs> unkind things about.
1: Eric, so here's the weird thing about Aaron Loop. You know, when he first came up, you know, we, we were talking about this guy hitting 900 batters. I like 900 as my random number. I don't know why that is. But uh, when he first came up, 0.6 walks per nine. And then 1.7 walks per nine. And then 3.9. And then 1.5. You know, like He's had really good stretches of... He doesn't walk people. But he just hits batters. <laughs> it's weird. It's,
0: it's, yeah. it's the quick man's walk.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the encouraging thing for Loop is that he's apparently throwing hard again. Last year he was down to 89, 90 miles an hour. Whereas when he was good the previous few years, he was throwing 94, 95. And... You know he's back down to his low arm slot. He raised it last year and had no idea where the ball was going. So I'm cautiously optimistic that he could be something close to what he was for the first few years of his career. But he's also still Aaron Lou.
0: It would it Lefty would. He should to wear be, extra helmets. It would be tough to be shakier than he was last year. Um, oh. Confidence level low. <laughs> I mean, every reliever <laughs> has these. They have years like that, right? And they do come back. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. I, I, you also remember Aaron loop is the guy you couldn't hit a home run off of. Yeah. He went like what, first few years. 45 innings or something with no home runs allowed in the majors. And lately he's, it's been like hitting off a tee for some guys. So obviously he needs to get back to doing whatever he did originally, because that works way better than whatever he's done lately. Um, yeah. But that's not, that's easier said than done. I'm not saying that, but, Oh well, he's dumb. No, it's obviously his body is, gonna have to adjust and gonna have to to uh, to improve to, to be a real valuable asset
1: mm-hmm. so now before we move on this is why i let us switch it up when you took over my time so you could have this guy because oh
0: oh roberto osuna don't panic <laughs> they say because shockingly the 21 year old roberto osuna is going to open the season as the closer for the second year in a row and there's literally been no debate no question. No, nothing about that because he's awesome. And he's been healthy and the Jays clearly have five starters, so they don't need to move him down into that rotation or stretch him out in triple a. Uh It's pretty amazing. Really? The, the Jays really haven't had, I, I think he's kind of been forgotten over the off season with all the other stuff that was going on. But if you remember how many times the Jays have debated about who's going to be closing games and whether they're going to be healthy and whether they're going to be any good and, like, I mean, Casey Jansen closed games for this team. Not that he was bad. Sergio
1: Santos. <laughs> he,
0: he must have closed three or four games, Sergio. Um, <laughs> there, there John Rausch. Uh, uh, yeah, there, there's been a lot of names, and it's been a long time since anybody has been c- as consistent as Roberto Osuna at getting the job done. Um, you know, I'm a happy guy that he's back there.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much pretty much covers it I mean he's every now and then he'll give up a home run because he does throw sort of that hard reasonably straight fastball but his stuff is just overwhelming and he throws strikes with it which is for a guy his age to come up with that kind of stuff straight from low A ball I mean he was it's not like he was a triple A guy he came right from the low minors and he just dominated big league hitters with command and stuff that's pretty special
0: yeah the, the youngest player in Major League Baseball and he's closing games for a division winner <laughs> Yeah, doesn't make any sense, but I like in his it. his first
1: appearance in the big leagues, he strikes out A-Rod looking with the bases loaded. Woohoo.
0: All right. Well, that was a little bit of nostalgia. You can go to the... Wow, the much more interestingly named fellow we have next. Joe
1: Smith. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who is totally a real pitcher. <laughs> yeah. 6'2",
1: two, 205 pounds, 33. It's funny. Much more interesting pitcher than his name suggests. He throws complete sidearm to submarine. I mean you can't help but think it's weird watching him pitch and his name's Joe Smith. Um he's another guy like JP Howell, guy who had a bit of a rough season last year, but who has been really really good the previous few and he signed for 3 million dollars. I mean this is a guy who he kept taking over the closing role cuz Houston Street was you know, Sergio Santos levels of healthy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: How much shade can we throw at the guy who hasn't played for the team for two years? <laughs> One podcast.
1: We'll find a way to get some more in there, don't worry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, even in his bad year, he had a 3.46 ERA. He just had a bit of a home run problem, but that's not something you can expect to continue. He's an extreme ground ball guy. It's just a bit of an outlier year. So another really savvy late pickup. Guys that were panicking when their market crashed.
0: Yeah, and, and that's the thing with the bullpen is, is you you can get left holding no cards if you're a team that's waited a little bit too long, but each season is so different or each off season is so different with the bullpen. Sometimes there, there are real deals out there. Um, sometimes they only cover you for, you know, one year and then you're, you're back looking for another deal the next year. So it, it is a risky market to play, but of all the markets that you're going to play in the off season, um, I would play the bullpen market to see what I could get. <laughs> um, yeah, no guarantees with these guys. There's obviously a bunch of guys sitting there who are now destined for AAA that can also pitch in the major leagues, which is bringing us to our very last 25th man, probably, Mike Bolson. Yeah. Uh, From the podcast. Yes. I I hope he makes it because uh, then we, we could tell him we were good luck. Six foot one, 215 pounds, right-hander, just 29 years old. Um, I, I You probably know more about how he's looked this spring than I do to be perfectly honest
1: he started off a bit shaky but has pitched really much better lately which i think is sort of there were thoughts that he would not get the spot just because he didn't look that good early on out of options but you know matt leto sort of fell off and he's come on i think he's the guy because he's a long man he can spot start if necessary and he does he has had success in the major leagues so why not give it a shot right Mm -hmm.
0: He's, he's he's been dodger blue why not blue jay blue (laughs) <laughs> um, and if it's not Bolsinger, it will be most likely Ryan Tapera, who we've seen around be, these parts.
1: Yeah. And the reason we think it's Bolsinger is because Tapera has options. And so if they're going to try to keep both of them, that's the only way to do it. Because I think Bolsinger would probably get claimed by some, but I mean, the Cincinnati Reds are starting Scott Feldman on opening day. You don't <laughs> think they can use Mike Bolsinger?
0: <laughs> oh, that doesn't even sound right. Even if you don't know who Scott Feldman is, it just doesn't sound right. It's like, your opening day starter, I got Clayton Kershaw, I got uh, I got Max Scherzer, I, who you got? Scott Feldman. Blanket Sorry. their closer was Sergio Santos or something. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Left you that opening. All right, so that is our 25th man. Can you believe that we, we have done it again, my friend, in, uh, wow, really in 50 minutes. I kept us I kept us pretty honest this year. Good work. Well, given all of that, what we should do is go back and we should assign a most important ranking. I think for our most important position player and pitcher for this team's success this year. So who do you have on the position player side?
1: Well, I I was, you know, it's easy to say Josh Donaldson because he's Josh Donaldson, but I'm going to stick with what I said earlier. I think it's, it's one of Devin Travis or Troy Tulewitzki or the middle infield. If I can cheat and take both, (laughs) Uh, I just think that if those, if those guys can stay healthy, that it's just such a huge boost to this lineup i'll stick with travis just because he's the top of the lead he's the leadoff guy and that consistent contact bat they haven't had that
0: i'm gonna go out on an outlier here i'm gonna say steve pierce is one of the most important guys to this team because if he's healthy and can play 125 games uh he can fill a lot of holes he's not healthy this team is going to have a short lineup so that's what I'm I'm going with is is yeah and and if he's healthy he might also be able to cover for another injury because of his flexibility, which we don't yeah, Darwin Barney isn't a guy with a bat who can do that. So there's my my position like player. Who you got for your pitcher?
1: So it's I have to go with the rotation. As much as Osuna is the anchor of that bullpen, the depth, the lack of depth in the rotation, I think it's Strowman because of all these five guys, he's the only guy who is the 200-plus inning pitcher. And if one of the other guys gets hurt, you can cover that a bit more with bullpen. But if he's the guy that goes down or he struggles like he did last year, it puts a strain on everybody else. And if he has a great year, then this rotation is just unbeatable.
0: Yeah, to put it on one guy in a pitch, that's yeah, tough. It I, is I, tough. I, I agree with the Stroman. I, I'm just to be a little different, I'm going to say... Francisco Lariano is he he needs to be the guy who uh breaks or doesn't break the not two hundred innings record. Um He he needs to be worth those those innings and he needs to stay healthy and he needs to be the guy we saw at the end of last year. I think or close to it. Yeah, or close to it. it to really keep this jays rotation at the top of the league because if if this team wants to compete despite the what i think is just a fine offense which is probably going to be above average they really can't afford a huge amount of of slip back from this rotation and he was a huge huge difference when he showed up and basically you know kicked Ari Dickey off the roster uh eventually <laughs> so there we are yeah. uh two four important names and another 21 guys to talk about Uh, If you don't feel like you're up to speed, I don't know what you were listening to. (laughs) Uh, Any Uh, quick final thought from you?
1: Well, two things. First, apologies for the interruption thing. It's just we're doing this on Skype. I can't hear what you're saying when we're talking at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Biggest final thought is just the next time we do this, it'll be real baseball we're talking about. Spring training will be finally over.
0: (laughs) Um, yeah yeah like i I talk about baseball once every week or two weeks, and I do it for an hour, and you know we, we try and be up and and keep track of things and everything else, but man, the off season seems like a <laughs> long time where nothing happens, uh and I do not envy the people who are supposed to talk about these things daily when nothing happens uh so we're gonna give you some some real results, some real content, um I think my last my last final thought, if I can type it quickly. Uh going to be the spring training standings here. Oh, and I, I don't thank think it's going to be you. looking good. I was good. missing those. Well, that's not good. The spring training standings have no games on this page. <laughs> My first like O and O. Everybody's O and O.
1: Hey, you right. <laughs> they've improved.
0: <laughs> okay, the Jays are yes, 10 and a half games out, 10 and 17, 370 winning percentage. Uh it looks like the Yankees are going to win the the grapefruit cactus Trophy. <laughs> no, no, I like the grapefruit cactus. <laughs> it's just yeah. You get a grapefruit cactus. uh it Could be the Cardinals though on the other side. You never know. um mm. Jays are at the bottom. Yeah, the, the bottom of the bottom. The only team worse is uh Atlanta in the National League, Cactus League. <laughs> no, they're in the National League. I, I sorry. In the Atlanta is also in the Grapefruit League. They're dead oh, last. You're right. San Diego's yeah, yeah. in the Cactus League, dead last. Only seven games out. I, I'm so glad people tune in for these updates. Uh, <laughs> So quickly, we have a Patreon, uh, com slash TurfPod. Take a look, uh, you could join us for a game, uh, like swinging a Drive or Stomp the Josh, if you want to help us out and donate to the podcast to make it better.
1: That and, we'll, and on that note, we should thank Dave Church, who has recently done that, he will get to join a game at some point.
0: Indeed. Thank you, Dave, and, uh... Always good to uh, to have another patron helping us out. Every little bit counts towards the total. And in that respect, you have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem. I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead2010. And this has been Artificial Turf Wars, episode number 50. And we will see you during the regular season next week. Homeward now, I